Thank you for joining us this evening on the podcast. Coming to you live from the Gutterman Estates, located on the third fairway of the Louisville Country Club, with a stunning view of the lake. Today, our host, Michael Gutterman, will have a very cerebral discussion with you about photography, his philosophies on life, his thoughts on poverty, and those who do not shoot Leicas and Leica gloss. <laughs> oh, while he sips a lovely Chardonnay. Ah, I'm just goofing with ya. It's Mike Gutterman. He's in the Gutter Man Cave. He's drinking cheap-ass beer. He's shooting APS film. And this is the Negative Positives Podcast. Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Negative Positives Podcast, episode number 293. I'm your host, Mike Gutterman, coming to you from the Gutterman Cave in a very warm, for this time of year, Louisville, Kentucky. And, you know, I've got a very special guest on for the solo show. Not really a, a, a true solo show. Uh, this was kind of a, a, back, a back popular demand, I think. So uh, uh, <laughs> I have on the uh, episode with me tonight, not, <coughs> excuse me, none other than my lovely wife, Minette. And uh, so she is sitting here next to me in the Gutter Man Cave for this episode, this very special kind of post-Christmas uh, pre-New Year show. So how are you doing tonight, Manette? Good. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, this kind of came about uh, because uh, on December 17th, I think it was the 16th, I was putting out a episode. It was a Monday night episode, I believe. And I had posted, I made a little kind of a, an announcement on that show that to ask people in the community to, you know, follow, give Manette a follow on Instagram and wish her a happy birthday. It's kind of a surprise to her. I didn't tell her I was doing this. So the next day she wakes up and there's a ton of messages from the fine people in this community <laughs> uh, wishing her a happy birthday. All these people she's never heard of before, and uh, which I thought was uh, very cool of the, of the people that listened to the show. And, and just it was just it was super awesome how you guys kind of did that. So she kind of wanted to, main, main thing was to kind of come on and, and give you all uh, her little thoughts on that. So And then it tur- this turned into something else uh, we'll get into after that. But uh, how about you tell people uh, what you thought about the, the birthday wishes from all over the world? Well, I was very surprised, and I kind of thought you might have had something to do with it, because I noticed a lot of the Instagram tag names had, like, film or photo or something (laughs) behind them. It's like, hmm, I'm thinking Mike was up to something. And uh, But no, I really appreciated it, and as Mike said, it's very hard to compete with Jesus for (laughs) a (laughs) December birthday. But it was a great surprise, and nice of everyone to take the time out of their day to send messages, and that made me feel special. Uh, well, she is special. <laughs> so uh, see that, see it, folks. That's how you do it. You got to earn earn brownie points whenever you can. Yeah, you got some brownie points. So, <laughs> so kudos to you. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was very cool. And th- yeah, again, thanks to everybody that did that. But um, so but that also brought up the ideal, <laughs> and this may be something that I'll regret. Uh, but I decided I was going to let people know that she was going to be on. I was going to have her on the on the podcast to basically uh, thank everybody for the how cool that was. And I was like, well, if I'm going to have her on, maybe I should you know talk to her a little bit, let people get to know her. I mean, I've mentioned her on the show a bazillion times, <laughs> over 290 episodes. Always good stuff, of course. But uh, but I figured you know maybe people would like to get to know. Uh, 
you know, the, the, the woman that, that stands by her man through all this, uh, <laughs> this ridiculous <laughs> film photography crap. And uh, so I decided, you know, let's go ahead and, and let people on the Facebook group know she's coming on. And I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to go ahead and ask them for questions to uh, any question they want to ask of her about life at the Gutterman Estate. I was gonna. Uh, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, th- I'm gonna put myself out there and uh, and and just. You know, I'm, I'm gonna be courageous. A lot of podcast podcast hosts out there, they don't ever have their significant other on. I think they're a little afraid. And uh, I'm gonna and, tell your secrets, Mike. <laughs> I'm gonna but, tell them all. <laughs> but I I decided. You know, I'm gonna do it. So the the Facebook group, of course, uh, came through with some uh, with some questions. Uh, and this may I may be, be regretting this decision. <laughs> But we'll find out where this goes. But um, I got good laughs out of them. <laughs> so, okay. So the first question comes from Mr. Neil Piper. He does the Soot and Whitewash podcast, and uh, I know Neil pretty well, and we we chat quite a bit. And uh, I, I knew he was going to uh, just relish this opportunity. So he uh, he uh, definitely came through. He says, um, um, "He says, how the hell do you put up with this guy, Manette? That's his first question. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, there you go. How do I put up with you? Hmm. <laughs> I've had many years of practice. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been a long time. We've kind of grown up together. So uh, maybe being on opposite schedules helps a little bit. Yeah. Absence, <laughs> absence makes the heart grow fonder. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> and, um, no, Mike's really has no enemies. He's a guy who gets along with everybody. And is usually the uh, life of the party, <laughs> and <laughs> whether you want him to be or not. <laughs> much, to, much to Manette's displeasure sometimes. but uh. And uh, <laughs> we've grown up together. It's been a pleasure, and of course, marriages work. It's always ups and downs, but we've been really, really lucky to uh, have grown up together and gotten along and worked through stuff. Absolutely. Very good. Very good. Well, see, see, Neil, you, he, she, t- she took that. <laughs> she took that question. You were trying to, trying to poke fun at me, and she turned it into this, this beautiful, beautiful little, ep- little, I don't know, discussion about it. So there you go. Uh, all right. Uh, the next question comes from Alex Lokes. Uh, he is from the Classic Camera Revival podcast. Uh, you know, our, our good friends up there in Canada. And he just uh, says happy birthday. So he might have been late on the on the. Thanks, but, Alex. Yeah, there you go. So, and then next up again. Oh, well, here he is raising his raising his ugly head again, Mister Neil Piper. Uh, <laughs> says Manette, if you had to pick a camera and film brand to shoot with for the rest of your days, could you please explain why you'd clearly choose an Olympus and feed it Ilford film? <laughs> well, uh, uh, me and Neil have had, uh, uh, I think when I was on his show. I think that's more uh, for you than me. <laughs> uh, Neil and I had an argument. Well, not an argument. We had a discussion about how, you know, I choose Kodak film most of the time. Uh, Neil's British, so it would be natural that he chooses uh, Ilford film. And uh, I think I might have uh, kind of... Uh, Caught him a, a, bit, a bit of a patriot, and uh, I don't know if uh, he uh, he uh, necessarily thought of himself that way. But but Manette knows, uh, you know, it's really pentax. Nothing about film or <laughs> Ilford film whatsoever. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and answer. She it's pentax and, and Kodak, baby. That's what it is. Yeah. So uh, or or Leica and Kodak. That's where it's yeah, at. Yeah, it's a, it's a working working man stuff right there. So okay, um, we come up next to. Um, Betsy Carl, who was on the podcast uh, I don't know, a month or so ago, and uh, she says, Hi, Manette, I'm a quilter, and my garment sewing has been limited to pajama pants. Any, suggestion, any suggestions for getting brave to sew clothing? 
Ooh, well, Betsy, um, I fully admire your quilting skills. It's something I have not tackled. My uh, grandmother was um, an excellent quilter, clear into her 90s. And I know not a lot about it. I've read a lot about it and aspire to do it one of these days, but probably don't have the patience that you have. So you clearly have the patience behind you when it comes to sewing. And I won't bore everybody with my so speak but um andre bores everybody with his watch talk so i mean you're fine it's all fine everything goes on this podcast andre bless his heart (laughs) anyway um pajama pants isn't a bad start um a kimono something that just has you know a few seams to match up are nice easy things to do but like i said if you have just the patience for quilting Um, any so easy patterns you could tackle i'm no expert by any means i'm constantly learning myself so there's some there's some cussing that goes on in that sewing station there's a lot of cussing and talking (laughs) to myself a lot of it but um it's always a learning process there's always something to learn well my suggestion for manette for a long time to to practice her sewing skills i've been trying to get her to make thongs because i think that's i mean there's very little fabric what could be hard about it right thongs you start with thongs i think that's that's a great suggestion mike (laughs) so all right purely selfish one but yeah great suggestion Uh, you know just uh thanks for the pro tip mike (laughs) oh i'll give you a pro tip (laughs) there's mike yeah yeah Uh, all right so uh next (laughs) next up is uh he's not even drinking bourbon he's drinking tea for the love of god uh, i have a long night editing this thing after this so okay uh this comes from eric uh i think it's eric sluice i think it's uh, eric i've heard your name a million times on like the other podcasts and i'm sure i got it right but uh uh anyhow he says uh, dear Manette, how do you feel <laughs> being with the true working man? <laughs> well, I hear that's how you refer to yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he is the salt of the earth, this one. <laughs> and um, I've grown up with true working men, so I guess that's why. Yeah, that's true. Your dad worked in a factory his whole life as well. So, yeah, yeah, and your dad was the truck driver, mm-hmm. so we have grown up with salt of the earth men. <laughs> Blue collar, baby. Blue collar yeah. all the way. Yeah, well, that's uh, and plus, you know, Pentax, working man's camera. So, you know, uh, there you go. That's uh, okay. just happens. <laughs> so, all right, and then uh, <laughs> Mr. Neil Piper comes back, and um, okay, uh, <laughs> and he's still still going in at me. He says, uh, "Manette, how's it feel knowing that Mike's just made the biggest mistake of his life, <laughs> opening the floor for us to ask you questions?" <laughs> so. <laughs> It could be a mistake. It could be a blessing. You never know. We'll yeah, see how see, many plays you get this I'd like, week. I like the how many plays I get this week. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're talking about something else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, <clears throat> next up is Bill Thu. And uh, he says, uh, hi, Manette. Mike has become a prominent figure in the film photography and film photography podcast community. Well, I had no idea. I didn't either. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) thank you, Bill, for that. Uh, Negative Pauses has inspired an entire third wave of film photography podcasters. What else besides film photography would you like to see him turn his talent of authentic enthusiasm towards? Well, thank you, Bill. That's a lot of, that's that's an awesome I have a couple answers. Well, maybe, yeah 
couple answers to this. One is we've always said that you should be a greeting card maker. <laughs> Mike would be a great, oh, and he's good at jingles. He can remember jingles from when we were kids, and that's a talent. So perhaps you should have been a jingle writer. Definitely a greeting card writer. <laughs> Mike's great at those, and music, of course. Oh, but you're also, he's a good writer. We've always said, like, he should have, like, a music blog or something, because you could write about guitar equipment till the cows come home. So that would be something, too, that you're really good at. And music in general. You're really good at writing music. Yeah, well, I don't know about that, but I, I think... You are. I think music would be... Uh the one that I, I need to turn my enthusiasm towards because actually Manette and I are trying to um, we want to do something <laughs> musically together um, and that's one of our goals for this uh, 2020 yeah and um, we've talked about it for years and actually Manette was actually in the uh, early days of Sea Hero until uh, my, my instrumental band that you've heard so much of on this podcast until uh, we kind of realized that lyrics probably weren't going to work uh, for this for that particular project. You so. kicked me out. <laughs> just admit it. You kicked me out because you wanted the Gnaw Music Band. <laughs> it was just getting a little heavy. My husband yeah. kicked me out of my own band, everybody. <laughs> it's out there. Everybody knows uh, now. Uh, okay. <laughs> Shouldn't have brought that up, but uh, uh, and then, uh, uh, but yeah. So we we've, we've talked uh, for a long time. Actually, my, my very first functioning band, uh, Manette was in, and it was uh, me, her, and two two of our buddies uh, had a, a kind of a uh, kind of a pop punky kind of '90s, very '90s band back in the '90s, and mm -hmm. that was our my very first band, and uh, she was singing in that band, and uh, always wanted to do something with her music uh, since then. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, 2020 is the year to make that happen. So we'll, if, um, trust me, you guys will hear it first because I have no, no, I have no other place to, to play it once it gets recorded. So, uh, but all right. Uh, thank you, Bill. That was an awesome question. Um, next up is Andy Horton. He says, Manette, if the K1000 is the working man's camera, what is the loafing man's camera? I couldn't answer that. <laughs> the iPhone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> an iPhone 7? <laughs> right. I Actually, we're like, our son has an, still has an iPhone 5 or whatever. So poor <laughs> child. And he's 17. <laughs> That's a working man's son right there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <coughs> okay, next up is Malcolm Myers. He says, hi, Manette. Are you secretly glad Mike is making all those prints of your family growing up? Uh, what do you hope your kids will be able to look back on in years to come? I'm very glad that you have tackled this project, albeit as huge as it is. A, um, a lot of nights, a lot of paper, and a lot of ink. Mm -hmm. But um, your prints are better than anything we've ordered. I, I have to agree, yeah. And so I'm very glad about that. And um, I hope our kids will appreciate it more because obviously they're not in stages of life where they give a flying fig about it. But And they don't want to see pictures of themselves when they're young. <laughs> But mom loves it. So I'm getting to kind of relive those years. I like it a lot. I think it's sweet. Yeah, it was uh, It was a lot of work. But as I've said on the podcast a bazillion times, uh, it's nothing more important in photography than, you know, uh, photos of your loved ones. So uh, it was something we were way behind on. And I'm glad that we, uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad that 
it's I'm seeing the end of the tunnel. We still got to get these things in order and stuffed into <laughs> photo albums. Yeah, but putting in the <laughs> albums is going to be some work, especially juggling. Okay, yeah. this was before this and right. before that with no dates. I tried to print them in order of when things happened, but so many files were spread in so many different places on computer from different computers we had and stuff and different folders. So it was it's almost yeah, it was impossible to kind of keep them all in order. So there's the whole project is kind of stalled as we're trying to build up the courage to uh, start stuffing photo albums <laughs> and, and get these things in order. But a lot of albums. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, next up is uh, Christine Pinnock, and she says, "Manette, would you consider doing a podcast about sewing for all of us uh, that are just basic sewers and would like to do more?" It would be tough. It would be tough. I'm, uh, like I said, still always learning. Um, I don't really feel like I would be an expert by any means. I know stuff. I don't know if I'm a teacher. would be a great teacher of it, but I don't know. Maybe I don't give myself enough credit, but I still feel like I'm uh, always a beginner. Yeah, well, but, I mean, I think you know a whole lot more than... Then you give yourself credit for it. Then. Yeah, probably. And I mean, like, like you and music. I don't you know. It's you're always your worst critic. Yeah, but I, I, I will fully admit I don't know. There's people in the Facebook group that know a whole lot more about photography than I do, but I'm the one that has a podcast about it. So you know, there are some good sewing podcasts out there. To be honest, I don't listen to, but maybe one. Um, it's more about starting a business with it. Um, What's just, the name of it? Out of curiosity, Mimi G. She makes simplest. She's also a designer. Some simplicity patterns. So I listen to hers. But um, okay, there's a little discussion that kind of goes on after that question. Betsy Carl says, "Christine, uh, great idea. Do you listen to Yarniacs?" And then Christine says, "No, but uh, but one to try." And then um, Carrie Carmichael says, "Christine Pinnock and." Uh, you and Betsy Carl are my people. Photography, sewing, and yarn. Mike needs to find that perfect film camera to make Manette fall in love with film too, and then the women can take <laughs> over. And, uh, so. I do love the Leica, I have to say. Oh, there you go, folks. I you love heard it. the Leica. Leica. And, uh, it's a fine piece of machinery, that thing is. <laughs> there you go. Um, now, right. Your portraits turned me. Those Leica yeah, portraits yeah, were the, just... They were great. The clarity is just... That and the, the Pentax 6-7 has been the two portrait cameras recently, and I think it's uh, they both come out pretty pretty damn good. I'm a fan. All right. Um, Robert Brown says, uh, Manette, can you explain the changes you've seen since Mike became a Leica man? <laughs> also, what is his favorite Chardonnay? <laughs> I don't know if I've ever, Mike has ever drank Chardonnay. <laughs> ever. No, no, pretty sure I haven't. Not a wine guy. No. No, uh, you know that working man likes the hard liquor. <laughs> that's right. It's a hard life. Dark hard liquor. <laughs> it's that's a hard, it. Hard knock life calls calls for hard liquor. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. I have any changes since I tell you what's changed is since becoming a like a man is I'm taking some damn sharp portraits of my of my family. That's what's changed. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, all right. Uh, next up is Jess Lance, and he says. Uh, as you are a creative and artist in your own right, how does photography add to your creative vision working with the different aspects of fashion? That's deep. Um, I would just say, as far as for me, I just decided to start taking pictures of my work 
from a standpoint of um like does it photograph well that's always a good thing because if Mm -hmm. it photographs well you probably look all right in it (laughs) but uh yeah and if i'm my own style like i'm at an age where i can't you know is this style too young for me? Is this style too old for me? But I also want to tackle the skill of sewing. So I'll make something just for the sake of making it. And um, whether I ever wear it, hardly ever, because I do pick things apart once I made them. Maybe I didn't make it as perfect as I wanted to. But um, as far as photography relating to that, you know, how does it look on? Um, also taking pictures of it on Instagram, I started doing it just to connect with other people in the sewing community because they were doing that. Um, a lot of patterns, you know, aren't just McCall's and, um, simplicity used anymore. Now you've got a lot of indie pattern companies popping up and they started taking pictures of their work. So I started doing it more to connect with the sewing community, which I don't really think I have found my way in yet because I'm just not getting a lot of feedback from sewing people, but uh, mainly for that reason, just to connect to the community on Instagram. It seemed to be the thing everybody was starting to do. So, mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> I don't hardly connect with anybody in the photography community on my Instagram, so, and, and I have a podcast, <laughs> so, <laughs> but it just seems to be the, the way that the game is going nowadays. But, uh, <clears throat> but I will say we, got, we did get Manette the... Uh, the Pentax K70 uh, digital SLR last year to try to help a little bit. She was trying to do a lot of these, um, uh, you know, taking these photos uh, yeah, on, on the phone. And I think the the, the digital SLR, once she gets that, that down a little bit, will, will help uh, a little bit in the, the quality of her photographs. And then uh, her and I went out oh, a couple of weeks ago. I guess you guys might remember when I was talking about taking her out for some portraits to, uh, and I was shooting that Fuji Pro 400H for the first time. And uh, you know, I kind of got a little bit of color uh, color cast on those photos for some reason, but um, but I have another roll of that I want to try again. So maybe next time we go out and shoot, I'll I'll take that and and some Kodak just to make sure we cover our bases. <laughs> but well, next uh, time I have a black dress that needs photoing this week. Okay. So maybe it'll be better than the bright neon. Yeah, <laughs> I think honestly somebody made a good point. They said that that bright neon shirt that you were wearing probably the film i probably should rescan it because it probably threw off the scanner settings because the scanner was trying to compensate for that bright neon shirt and those in those photos and it may have uh why there was a color cast uh, it was probably in the scanning not on the film so i should probably rescan that film at some point just see if that was what that was but uh but yeah well uh, i'm always glad to go out and help her get photographs of whatever she sews so uh, we, we've only done it once so far even though we talk about it all the time so hopefully we'll do more of that in the future so uh, but there you go. Um, okay, next up is Al Clark. Uh, isn't it time you had a joint bank account and could check on Mike's <laughs> film expenditure? <laughs> Might mean a foreign holiday one day. Well, we do have a joint bank we account. We do, no? but I think I got broken in years ago when guitars would just start showing up at the door. <laughs> and then I'd get told, oh, yeah, I got this guitar, by the way. But I'm selling this, this, and this, and this to pay for it. So I kind of got broken in years ago on that and just sort of... <laughs> Waved a white flag. Like, yeah. Well, I have been Got to support those hobbies. I have been good about, like, having a certain amount of gear and one in, one out kind of thing. I do sell a lot to yeah, pay for uh, things that I buy. So, until recently, I've had a hard time selling cameras right, uh, lately. I just, it's the whole thing about eBay just worries me the way it is now where people can kind of rip you off uh, all the time on eBay and uh, sellers can decide they don't want the camera and then get their money back six months later and that kind of stuff. That, that's kind of kept me from... Uh, selling a lot of stuff lately but i need to so 
Uh, but anyway, uh, let's move on here. Uh, Gary Clennon says, uh, Manette, why on earth do you allow your husband to drive a Ford? What? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> it's quality's job one, Q1. Bill Ford, tough. That's right. 20-year uh, tough. Have you driven a Ford lately? I mean, you know. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is a Ford family here. We're, we're, it's a... Uh, uh, the old uh, blue oval, the blue oval puts a roof over our head. So that's you know, true. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, uh, Royal Moss uh, says, uh, "OMG, you are asking for this." <laughs> 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 What's the best excuse Mike has given to cover up for the random parcels of film cameras gear arriving at your doorstep? Oh, he doesn't even try. <laughs> appreciate you asking though that's that's cheers to that jess lance comes back and says uh <laughs> says to royal he says oh it's uh <laughs> um that is just my fan mail <laughs> which a lot of times i have to i have to think man does that think i'm buying all this stuff when like I've, been, I've gotten a lot of packages in the last month that has been from listeners which has been super cool and uh I yes, always appreciate very that. giving. Yeah, and uh, but at first when I would get like uh, a gift from a listener or something, I'm not sure she was buying it at first. But uh, <laughs> now she just sees how, how awesome you guys are. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's something You're that's so very popular. Cool. Oh, you know, you know, it's, it's it's dashing good looks too, probably. But uh, probably <laughs> that must be it. Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mr. Matt Jones, uh, the Australian from uh, that lives in Thailand. Uh, he says, uh, Manette, have you given any thought to making negative positive swag with your sewing abilities? Large, far, large, large, <laughs> large format, fart, large format, dark cloths or dark room aprons, maybe. Then he is uh, in Matt Jones fashion has uh, uh, photoshopped my head on a uh, character wearing a, a, a dark room apron with a negative positive logo on it. Uh, Matt loves uh, loves to. Um, uh, do some fine Photoshop work. <laughs> so, I like it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you've made aprons before, so uh, I did have a small little apron gig mm-hmm. at one time. Yeah, so. But um, it's possible. We just had to figure out how how we get the um, logo on there, right? Like you'd have to get on silk screen somewhere. Or I'd something, need maybe? to get probably a cry cut machine, one of those. Oh, okay. That they're. There you go. We'll do a uh, we'll do a, a GoFundMe or a Kickstarter to buy her uh, cry cut machine, and then we can put out all the negative positive swag you guys could ever buy. So, uh, but that's a good idea, though, Matt. Uh, she has uh, made some aprons before, so and a little how I would wear something like that when I'm developing film, just to keep from chemicals splashing up on my on my stylish threads, you know. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah, it's something to think about, right? Sure. <laughs> she doesn't seem that enthralled by it, but. Uh, Okay, uh, Dustin Cogsdale from the Grainy Days podcast. Uh, he says, uh, what other goofy voices does Mike make? I can't think of any goofy voices, but I do know the boys hate when you sing in any way, shape, or That's form. true. Well, I do have, like, when we're going to the German-American club, I do have the... Uh, oh, you're German. Yeah, he tries to talk... Let's get some salakotten. You do try and talk German and Spanglish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I also have my... Uh, cat Spanish. Cat Spanish. I also have... Uh, I do have my... It. I have my Cajun guy. Oh, uh, the Cajun yeah, guy. The, <laughs> the kids hate that one so much. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Come on. Come on. Yeah. yeah come on now. Come on down here. I'm going to get you. Yeah, come on down here. I'm getting this line here. I'm getting some of that gumbo. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, so... <laughs> my family actually is from... My mom's side is from Louisiana, and 
they do not talk like that. But I appreciate your effort. <laughs> well, that's okay, man. Me, mom, <laughs> if it's okay by you. Mm-hmm. Gosh. <laughs> All right. Oh. Um, Sherry Christensen from the uh, uh, Embrace the Green podcast uh, <laughs> says, Hi, Manette. Uh, do you feel uh, having an entirely different hobby or passion from your husband, wife, is something that matters? I think it's good for everybody to have hobbies. Mm-hmm. Because everybody should have an outlet from their tough working man job. Uh, I think I think it's good that we both have hobbies that are completely different from each other that that we can kind of do on our own. That's our thing, but we also have hobbies that we share. So I think that's, a, that's yeah. A, I think that's a good good balance. I think it's just good in general for everybody to have a hobby. Sure, everybody should be enthusiastic about something other than TV yeah. and work. So. Right. Okay, uh, Carrie Carmichael. She comes and says, I always love hearing glimpses of your family life uh, from Mike in the podcast. You all have such a strong family. Well, thank you. Thank you, Carrie. Uh, When hard things happen, you go through them with grace and with a positive outlook. What is your secret for a long, happy marriage? That's sweet. It is. Thank you, Carrie. Um, Long, happy marriage. Uh... Hmm. We're still trying to figure that out, actually. (laughs) we do it oh just like i said earlier i think being together for you know we started when we were young we were 19 i was 19 yeah. how old were you mm, 19, <laughs> or 19, 19 or 20 i was 47 <laughs> uh, i like i'm young I like i'm young it's how it's how i roll uh but no <laughs> no we just um grown up together i mean no, we've had tough times when kids are young and him on night shift um you know it's been hard it's good sometimes you know to have our own thing going on um own lives but also um you know absence makes the heart grow fonder like you said (laughs) earlier right well i think i mean you know yeah marriages work i think also when you grow up together that helps big time but also there gets to be a certain point I think the longer you're together and you realize um, I um, there's things I don't like about this person. And I, there's no way in hell I'm going to change it. So they're not going to change that part about themselves. I think when you realize <laughs> when you start when you start when you stop trying to change somebody and start trying to embrace the good parts of what you like about that person rather than change the few bad things you may not like about them. Right. I think it's uh, that's the better thing to focus on. So because I see so many people try to change the other person in the relationships and well, it never works and but. sometimes people do change just because oh, of yeah, circumstances yeah. in life you know maybe job changes or financial sure. changes or whatnot but we've learned to plug through any hardships that we've had and mm-hmm. um well and plus you know we're uh we're we've been we've been very blessed so it's been uh, you know, there's everybody has hard times in life, but we've been we, we don't have a whole lot to complain about. We've been pretty right. blessed. We've got uh, two great kids and got a roof over our head and that's we're able right. to feed everybody. So that's all good. Okay. Uh, well, thank you, Carrie. That was a very very nice question. Very sweet. Uh, next question comes from uh, Sven Olaf Humberset, and he is from the Viewfinder Vikings podcast. And uh, he says, uh, "Who is Mike's top three impressions?" What's the craziest thing he has done while on the road with your band? Well, the thing is, uh, we never made it on the road. Um, <laughs> no, we weren't that. I, I literally played. Popular. <laughs> yeah, uh, our first band. We Wishful played. Thinking. We played what? Maybe six shows in the first band before that, and you actually broke that band up. You broke. You stopped. 
you huh? quit, you quit that band, the first uh, band. Yeah, yeah. And then um, Sea Hero. Uh, actually, I've only played one out of Louisville show my entire life, and I went to Chicago to play for two people. Uh, <laughs> but I was <laughs> in Sea Hero. Not work out. That was not a good one. And uh, was not promoted. Yeah, and Manette wasn't uh, on the road with me on that one, so not really any cool stories. But hey, maybe in the future when I. Our next music project, you know, uh, becomes the hottest trend in uh, in music and takes over the world by storm. Maybe we'll have some 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 good road stories. But uh, and your uh, top three impressions? Uh, well, you just did one of them. I'm sure everybody was thrilled about. <laughs> <laughs> You're Cajun wannabe. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, there's there are probably. Uh, I mean, I have several I do on the podcast. I have the the Leica voice. I have the Hasselblad voice. And I have, I'm unfamiliar uh, with those. I don't <laughs> listen these, enough, apparently. These are, these are camera brands. Uh, <laughs> and the Rolly voice. Uh, so that, that's got to be my that top sounds like Shaggy. <laughs> that's what everybody says. That sounds that's just the, like Shaggy. That's the only one they don't particularly like. They don't like that one. They want me to change the Rolly one. So, uh, but, uh, okay. <laughs> so maybe I'll go with my German guy for, for Rolly. I maybe need to like, listen more often. Hocktung uh, Rolly! Maybe that'd be my new Rolly <laughs> voice. But uh, <laughs> Okay, the next one comes from... Uh, uh, I guess it's Minson uh, Sours, you think? Sours? Sours? Yeah. Sars? Sars. Maybe Sars. Yeah. Uh, hope, sorry if I got your name uh, wrong, Minson, but if you listen to the uh, the podcast, you know I butcher everything, so as far as names and locations and how to pronounce things. But, uh, and but Cajun accents. <laughs> there you go. Uh, hi, Manette. What is the appropriate amount of time to spend... <laughs> this is a good one. What is the appropriate amount of time to spend talking about photography with non-photography friends and family in the course of a standard dinner conversation? <laughs> that was funny. Uh, hmm. You try. You try and talk about the importance. Like when you were telling our family oh, yeah. about making prints, and they said, oh, I know where you can go to make prints. You can go to Shutterfly. It's so cheap. Or mm -hmm. not Shutterfly. One uh, of those so companies. They had some company, yeah. And I was thinking, man, I don't know what they're printing their photos on, but it was like super cheap. And it's like, I wonder how fade resistant these photos that they're getting made from these online places are, because they were going through these places like five bucks a month, and you get a hundred prints. And I'm like, man, I don't know. There's got to be some, there's got to be some catch to that. It must be some really cheap paper. I, I don't know. Maybe it's not, but uh, or they'll come back looking like some of those did. Yeah, you know, some super of super yellow or yeah. super orange. Well, like I've seen like your sister's gotten prints uh, at times, and they just look really digitally. Like they look like like. Like it was like uh, pixelated. pixelated. Yeah, that's how our kids' school pictures came back. Mm -hmm. I was horrified. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've tried to talk, have like film discussions, or, or not just mostly print discussions, or about or just like archiving discussions with people in my family because they're clueless. Like I remember talking to one of my aunts once, and she was thinking, oh well, you know, she got most of her photos on on CDRs, you know, compact disc recordables. You know, that, that, that's good. Well. Like burned CDRs like only last like ten years max. So, but she's thinking they're saved forever on these CDRs, and that's not the, not the case. I was trying to educate them a little bit on, but they they glaze over real quick. So, I just move on, and that's actually one of the reasons I started this podcast because I used to, when that was about the only person I had to talk to. Uh, about photography so uh uh because uh, it's about the only person i really ever talked to anyway so and uh uh you're so and lonely then, mike <laughs> yeah and uh so uh and i would just you know i i would, I would get probably i'd probably get about a minute 
to two minute of attention until you get the glazed look in the eyes and then you can see that her mind has already left this conversation she still has the pleasant look on her face and mm -hmm. the the pretending of uh, of like she's paying attention but uh, for the most part no it's uh I think you get, you get about a minute uh, before people start tuning out. By 90 seconds, they're out. So, uh, <laughs> so that's my, it's been my, uh, my uh, I don't know, it's what I've seen out of it. So, all right. Well, that's, uh, that's all the questions to Manette from the uh, Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast Facebook group. And uh, thanks to everybody for, uh, for, for giving these uh, awesome questions. And, and you know, I, I think they, they went, were good. They went pretty easy on me. It was a little more softball than I thought was going to happen. I thought they were going to, I have a in. feeling more's coming. I don't know. <laughs> it's just a thought. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe if it's another if it's another three hundred episodes before I have you on again, uh, then maybe uh, maybe there might be. So might, you know, tell them what they'll come up with by then. So, uh, but I want to thank uh, thank you guys again and thank my lovely wife Manette for uh, you know coming on here. It's, 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 she, there was a time I thought she would never do this, and I was actually really? shocked. Yeah, I was shocked that you said you, you would you would come on and do this because uh, yeah uh, yeah because I know. I I know what's, well, what's, I don't like my recorded voice. I'm sure everybody, yeah. I'm, everybody's going to probably recognize the accent because the <laughs> accent, for some reason, gets picked up. I got an accent, but it's heavier on recordings and telephone calls, and I'm horrified. <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, it is what it is. I can't hide it. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I was gonna say. Probably tomorrow when you hear this, uh, you'll be you'll you'll be. Oh. That's, that's gonna be your complaint. I hate uh, how my voice sounds. Oh, I'll hate and, it. Uh, my my youngest son got a big kick out of my wife uh, uh, the <laughs> other day because uh, my son he he picks up on what we call banjo talk, which is very southern. Anytime anytime something very southern accent comes out of one of our one of our. Um, in, in our talk or whatever uh we call it banjo talk because it sounds like a banjo and don't be offended because i got it so <laughs> oh, you know no, yeah yeah I mean, god knows i have it too but uh uh but so apparently we're at my like uh my son's basketball game we're at a basketball game and my <laughs> oldest son was taking the it was the act test yeah on the other side of the school so uh how about you tell the folks what you uh what just happened what... to be at the same school <laughs> and saw another parent that son also plays basketball and i said i was yelling down the bleachers at her and i said she said oh are you watching the next game and i said no my son's taking the act on the other side of the school and i could just tell i said it that way but i didn't mean to something about when i raised my voice the accent came out even more my son just bursted out laughing because he heard it which I rub off on him too. He knows, but <laughs> right. it was bad, and I, both of us were just cracking up laughing because of my the ACT ACT on the other side of the school. <laughs> uh, awesome. My mom, you know, I have an excuse. That's right. That's right. You got my family's. You got them, 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 Louisiana. They are roots. They are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, you do. And, uh, <laughs> just don't, Mike. Don't. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, um, again, thanks to the uh, everybody for the questions. And, and thank, thank you for the birthday wishes again. Yeah. That was very special, and I appreciated it so much. And, thanks and for following me on Instagram. That's yeah. so sweet. And thanks to Manette for, for joining us. Thank you, honey. You're welcome. Awesome. All right, we're <laughs> going to take a break, and I'll come back uh, and continue this show. It's going to be a very long solo show with a call-in. I believe it's going to be a camera review this time around. I'll have to see what's next on the list. So some sort of listener call-in in the next segment. So... Uh, we'll take a break and be right back, folks.
All right, folks, we're back from the break. And uh, on this segment, I want to do a call-in camera review. And this one's coming from Mr. Jeremy Zorns about the Nikon FG. Uh, Jeremy has become a very active member on the Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast Facebook group. Uh, and it's been uh, very nice having him on there. Very active. Uh, but he has sent in a, a couple of call-in camera reviews. But we're going to get to the first one he sent in, again, about the Nikon FG. So let's listen to what Jeremy has to say about that. Hi, everybody. This is Jeremy Zorns with my first call-in camera view. This is on the Nikon FG. All right, General, let's set the stage with a little bit of history. 1972, Olympus came out with the OM-1, which was the first really compact SLR body. It weighed half as much as the Nikon F2 of the era. Throughout the 70s, Olympus pretty much dominated that market. In the late 70s and early 80s, other, um, other of the big Japanese manufacturers started making compact SLR bodies. And the Nikon FG was Nikon's second entry into this. The first was the EM, which was aperture priority only. The FG added program and manual, as well as off the film through the lens metering, including flash. It was the most advanced electronic SLR Nikon had make had made uh, to date, and it was geared towards amateurs. The EM, the FG, and the FG20 were all amateur-oriented cameras. The idea being make an affordable Nikon body to get um, amateurs who wanted something more than a, a basic rangefinder or a point-and-shoot get them into the Nikon SLR system so they'd start buying flashes and Nikkor lenses and motor drives and so forth. The acquisition story of this camera, I'll just relate this briefly, but I stopped at a thrift shop on the way home from work one day and I found a 50 millimeter 1.8 Nikkor pancake and a 75 to 205 Vivitar uh, lens for sale for 10 bucks for the both of them. And the Vivitar was a Kiron. They're the ones that made the Series 1 lenses that were really good. So I bought those figuring, okay, I'll just find a cheap Nikon body on eBay when I get home. So I did. I went home and I started looking. I thought maybe I'd end up with an FE. I've heard good things about them. Never tried one. But they were kind of expensive. They were 75 bucks for a good one. This humble little FG was only 30 bucks. So I figured, what the hell, let me give it a try. I had an EM before, it was a good camera, except that it lacked any kind of exposure compensation or manual control. Well, I take that back, it did have a plus two exposure backlight compensation, but uh, sometimes you need to do something else besides that. All right, so this came out in 1982. Its predecessor, the EM, came out in 79, and its successor, the FG20, came out in 84. But this is the best of that of that three camera series. It had better, it had more controls than the EM, and it had better metering and program exposure that the FG20 didn't have. FG20 is also probably a good buy if you don't need program. Okay, on to the pros and cons. The pros, it's uh, super compact. Again, this was kind of a reaction to Olympus, who kind of set that trend in the early 70s. Uh, adding program and aperture priority to manual was, was kind of 
really good idea, I think. Although I should point out as one of the cons, well, I'll get to that later. The build quality is, is excellent. It's made in Japan. Um, I don't know, I don't want to sound racist or anything, but that always means good build quality. The top and bottom covers are a polycarbonate that look like metal, but they're pretty substantial. It's nothing that you need to worry about unless you really beat the shit out of your cameras. This is a little thing, but the uh, it's got the film box holder on the back. I really like that feature because if you load it up with film, take a few shots, and then ends up in your closet for six months or five years or whatever, the next time you go and get it out, you know it's got film in it and what kind and how many exposures. Don't have to resort to uh, masking tape tricks. It's got this optional shutter speed beeper, which is both a pro and a con. Uh, the pro is that if you have the 50 millimeter lens on there, if you get slower than a 60th of a second, it beeps and warns you that you're going to probably have motion blur. Or if you get faster, if you open it up too much on a bright day to where the correct exposure will be over a thousandth of a second, it beeps at you for that too. The only problem with that is that if you have a wide angle lens, you could safely shoot at a 30th of a second and it would be fine, but it, the thing is just beeping away at you. But it does have a switch right next to the shutter speed dial. You just flip that off in that case. Um, on a related note, if you have a telephoto lens on there, you would need a higher shutter speed. For example, if I have a you know, 200 millimeter lens, I would want to have at least a 150, uh, 1 250th of a second shutter speed, but it's not beeping because it just assumes that you have a, <laughs> a 50 millimeter lens on there. So that beeper, I don't know. I think that's kind of a stupid function it should either be programmable or they should just leave it off the asa range is from 12 to 3200 so that's a good useful range you can push uh push film quite a bit use the slowest film and be okay unless you're doing some of this super low iso stuff it's got exposure compensation on it which the em didn't have so if you have something, uh, if you have a light subject in front of a dark background, you can also compensate for that, not just backlighting a, a darker subject. It's got a little finger shelf, uh, a little grip on the right side of the camera. This actually makes a big difference in handling. It's not big enough where you feel like it, uh, it fills your hand or anything, but it's enough where you can hold the camera in your right hand down by your side without feeling like it's going to drop if you don't have an iron grip on it. Uh, I mentioned earlier, this is the, the most, I think I mentioned earlier, if not, I'm mentioning it now. This is the most technologically advanced Nikon SLR to date, uh, electronically. It metered off the film and through the lens, and it worked with full flash dedication also. So even though this is the amateur model, slightly behind the FE in, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. Not as high end as the FE, but it actually inside it was more advanced. Uh, it doesn't have a depth of field preview like the FE has. I don't think either one of them have a mirror lockup. I think you have to go into the F series to get a mirror lockup. Meters from EV1 to 18, 
and it takes uh, a motor drive, either the MD14 for 3.2 frames per second or the MDE, which is the smaller, cheaper economy one for two frames per second. I don't see anyone who's <laughs> who's buying this is going to be shooting sports with it, but uh, two frames per second is not too bad. Okay, so that's the cons, or the pros. On to the cons. The first one is the, the feel of the film advance. It's got this folding lever, which just like the EM, but it doesn't have that, that little tab where you can flip it out with your thumb by pressing on the on the, the right edge of it. You gotta pull it out. But it's got this stacked feeling. It's very smooth. It feels like it's on bearings or something. But what happens is that as you wind it, it gets heavier and heavier until the end of the stroke. And it's not something that you would complain about, but if you're just fiddling with your camera, it doesn't feel as good as an FE or an FM with its nice, smooth, ratcheted film advance. Also, when you first load the film, it doesn't pay any attention to what shutter speed you set until it gets to the first frame on the counter. So if you do like I do, you load it up, you make sure it's the film is hooked up right, but you don't waste a whole bunch beforehand. You, you blast two when you close the back, and then the, the next one you're ready to go. This one won't let you shoot that one. It makes you blast one more, so you pretty much have to waste three frames before you can do anything because the electronics in the camera think that they're no more than you do. I mentioned earlier the program mode doesn't know what lens you have on it. So if it's something other than a 50 millimeter lens, then the beeper is, is useless on the low end. And the last thing is that it won't take pre-AI lenses. If you try to mount one of those, it'll, it'll smash up the auto indexing ring. You mess up the camera. So you gotta have AI, AIS, or AFD lenses with this camera. But all in all, I highly recommend it. Right now, it's a very, uh, very inexpensive camera to buy on eBay. It's loaded with features. It's got full manual and full auto, uh, but nobody ever thinks about it because it was, it was not aimed at the high end of the market. So it doesn't have the prestige. That's the word I was looking for earlier. It doesn't have the prestige of the, of the FE and the FM, and especially not of the F series. So the result is that it's kind of a forgotten camera, even though it's fully featured and, and pretty reliable. So if you can find a good one on eBay for, I'd say 50 bucks or under, go for it. it was a great buy. Catch you later, guys. Well, thank you, Jeremy Zorns, for the uh, call-in camera view for the Nikon FG. Uh, I always appreciate uh, getting the call-ins from the listeners about all sorts of subjects. Uh, I even got a, a kind of a different take on one a couple days ago, which I think I'm going to put in the third segment. But if you'd like to submit a call-in about anything in your film photography journey, whether it be a, a camera review, a book review, uh, a um, an experience, a developing uh, something you learned, or printing, any sort of things you want to talk about uh, uh, in your film photography journey, uh, we'll gladly take any sort of call-ins. Easy to do. Uh, just record it on your phone with your voice recording app um, and uh, send that file on into nagpositives at gmail.com. Or you can also record it uh, you know, real professionally if you want on your, on your fancy laptop 
or whatever. And, and just any way you can record an audio file, you just email that file on to us. And I will put it in the queue to get on the show. So uh, I'll, I'll play every single one that we get. So uh, it's just you can, it's an easy way to get on the show before I ask you to be a guest on this, on this very program. So uh, thank you so much uh, again, Jeremy, for that. And uh, thanks, everyone, for the the. A good crop of uh, of call-ins I've received in the last uh, couple months, so uh, very very cool. Okay, uh, we're going to take uh, one more little break, and uh, I'll figure out how I'm going to wrap up the show. So uh, we'll take a break, and I'll be right back, folks. All right, folks, we're back for the final segment of this very long kind of solo show. Uh, but there is another call-in I want to go ahead and put in on this show. Uh, he actually just sent me this call-in a couple of days ago. Uh, so I'm going to kind of bump him up in the queue because he also has a post on the Facebook group about this uh, this call-in. And so it's uh, I kind of wanted to get this call-in out while it was uh, being talked about on the Facebook group. But uh, John Rogers... Uh, had some experience uh, with developing uh, film in the E6 home processing kits and found, uh, found some, some really good information that actually is very helpful for me. Uh, but let's, uh, before we dive into that, let's go ahead and listen to what uh, Mr. John Rogers has to say about E6 home processing kits. So uh, let's listen to John and uh, see what he has to say. Hey there, gutter man. This is fake John Rogers calling to you, leaving you a call in something. I've never left a camera review or anything. I always thought that other people did better reviews of cameras than me. So I guess I'll give you a review of an experience I had. Um, I was listening to the recent episode of Uncle Jonesy's Cameras podcast. And I think they just mentioned it in passing. It was just a small little thing. But they'd mentioned that they had good luck with E6 chemistry. Or they'd heard of it at least for up to a year and that blew my mind i'd always heard that it was you know pretty volatile a month two months three months maybe and then mix up a new batch and that'll be much better so i had a batch of e6 chemistry that i'd mixed up in july and i used that for a couple rolls then and there you know did a roll of ectochrome and a roll of elvia looked really good um a few months later, a friend of mine had a couple slides that he wanted developed, and I took care of those, did them in, what was it, July, August, did them in very early August, and those turned out well as well. So I think it had four rolls on it at that point. Well, I had another camera that was roaming around with a roll of really expired uh, Kodak Elite Chrome 100, I think? Uh, either way, I know it was 20 years out of date and it wasn't doing so hot. Um, and I finished that roll up in October. And I didn't really want to mix up a new batch of chemistry for slide film that I didn't know about. So I went ahead and developed it. And it did work. You know, it was a little, little shifted, a little different. But I couldn't tell if it was just the age of the film or the chemicals. 
So I never really got my answer, but I still didn't throw them away. Well, going back to that episode of Uncle Jonesy's Cameras, I heard that E6 chemistry had a longevity, so I decided, well, I'll at least do a small test. So I took a brand new roll of Ektachrome E100, put it in my Minolta X700, fired two shots of my door outside, just with a 35mm lens, and cut the roll of film out, and went through the whole 20-25 minute endeavor to develop E6, and you wouldn't believe it, but they look just fine. They look perfect. I'll post the photo up on the Negative Positives page later, so you can all see what I'm talking about. I scanned it, I projected it, and I compared it to all of my other slides in my sleeves. It looks really good. It's color correct. It's very well saturated. And I think that maybe you don't need to be so scared to keep your chemistry hanging out a little longer. Seems that at least up to six months, the primary cause of, you know, E6 losing its juice might just be exhaustion. So I store my chemicals in the photographer's formulary black bottles that I got from B&H. They're one liter bottles. I always fill them right up to the top. I'll, I'll top them off with a little hot water or I'll squeeze the bottle a little bit just so there's no air in there. Yeah, a little extra water never hurts. Um, and then I keep them down in my basement so they stay cool, dark, and dry. Not dry, they're wet. They stay cool and dark and pretty much unmoved. So that's my little experiment slash experience. Uh, you can use that as you will. If you cock up your own chemicals or you cock up your own film, that's not my fault. This was just my experience. But thanks for taking my little call-in experience review. Keep working. Keep Pentax alive. Keep shooting APS film. And thanks for the podcast. Stay well. Well, thank you, John Rogers, so much for the call-in about your E6 developing uh, kind of what you found out there. That actually gives me a lot of... Uh, uh, it's actually very time uh, uh, time sensitive for, for me right now because I've been talking about for quite a while that I have about nine rolls of uh, ectochrome uh, that I've you know that I've shot over the summer and I was kind of waiting to get to like 15 rolls before I mixed my E6 developing kit and I just kind of develop them all at once on one weekend and just kind of you know basically exhaust the kit all in one weekend and dump it and then just buy another one for future use. Um, so I've been kind of holding out to, you know, develop all this film until I get, you know, uh, 15 rows. Because that's fair. I figure that's a safe bet to get out of one of those E6 home processing kits. And so I've been kind of holding off. But maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should just go ahead and, you know, mix up the kit and uh, get those nine rows developed. And then, you know, hopefully by the time I finish another five, six rows, I can pull that kit out in the next month or two and... And still get some use out of it uh, you know the rumor about the e6 kits as john mentioned has always been that they they don't they, the shelf life's not that good but uh it seems that john has uh found a little more reason to be confident about those kits uh under some you know more longer storage than what we have kind of been it's kind of been known as the basic knowledge or the general knowledge about those kits so uh i don't know it's very interesting uh you know, the thing about slide film is it's, it's expensive, you know, and if the colors are off, it kind of defeats the point of slide film, I think, a little bit, unless you're, like, cross-processing or something like that. Uh, so I think 
personally, I, I may go ahead and still do the 15 rows and just mix up the kit and develop all at once. It just depends on how much longer it takes for me to shoot the next six rows I need to do to get up to 15. I have like nine done right now. And I still have like Florida photos, our vacation photos uh, on slide film that I haven't even seen yet. So I'm getting antsy about it. So I've either got to like rush and shoot another six rows and, and, and do it the way I'd planned on doing or, or just kind of take some confidence of what uh, John said in his call-in and basically yeah uh, go ahead and mix the kit up let's get those nine rows developed and then try to make a point to get those other six rows shot uh, in the near future and hope the kit is still good so uh, I don't know I, I'm, I'm weighing it I'm, the, the, the wheels are spinning I'm trying to figure out how I'm gonna uh, which which one of those uh, which one of those paths I'll take but uh, all right gonna go ahead and wrap this show up uh, big thanks to the, the call-ins from Jeremy Zorns and John Rogers and a huge thanks to my wife Manette I, for coming on I, it's something I never thought she would actually do uh, but I think she enjoyed it and I think she did a, she did a good job and uh, thanks to everybody that asked her questions and again thanks for the birthday wishes on her birthday all that stuff is super cool uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed kind of hearing a, a little inside peek of <laughs> gutterman life but uh but yeah uh big thanks to her for coming on she's uh she's the best and uh, i love you Minette. thanks for uh thanks for coming on here and uh and, and being being awesome so okay uh I'll go ahead and wrap it up uh you can see my photography on instagram at gutterman photo on facebook under mike gutterman photography uh you can email this program at negpositives at gmail.com you can join the Facebook group, the Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast Facebook group. I think we just broke like 3,900 members here recently. So very awesome. Uh, also, we have an Instagram account uh, under the uh, uh, account name Negative Positives, mostly ran by a friend of the show, Mr. Bryce Randall. If you submit photos to Instagram, think about using the hashtag Negative Positives, and maybe Bryce will see it and highlight it for us all to uh, check out. So. Okay, uh, this Monday uh, night we will be recording with uh, uh, Jessica Jones, and uh, there is I'll have a Facebook uh, thread to ask her questions uh, that you would may, maybe want to ask ask her on the show. Uh, I believe Andre is out of town for that, and so I have recruited uh, Mr. Bill Manning from the uh, Studio C41 One Hour Photo Podcast. Uh, to be the Coco Captain, and I know he'll be very chocolatey. And uh, me and Bill have become real good friends here in uh, in recent uh, recent times, and it's been very good getting to know Bill. So I uh, look very much looking forward to him coming on and helping me out uh, in the absence of Andre for the Monday show. So uh, yeah, it should be a should be a good time. Uh, and Jessica Jones actually sent Bill and I some uh, beers from a brewery she works at to enjoy during our uh, during our recording. So we'll see how <laughs> we'll see how that turns out. The ones she sent me are some some big ass beers <laughs> so <laughs> that third segment might be a train wreck but we'll see how that goes okay uh, until then everybody have a great weekend and everybody stay positive shoot some cool film photos